Hello, welcome to the I Am The Code podcast. I'm your host, Mariam Jam. Happy Friday. I really hope you're having a wonderful time. I was just saying to my friend the other day that we need to see each other more. We need to give each other hugs, less Zoom calls, more meetings, more face-to-face. Of course, we need to be safe, wear our masks. But at the same time, I think we need to see each other. I miss meeting people, looking at them face-to-face, eyes-to-eyes, learning from them. And really understanding what people have been through is so important. Thank you so much for supporting I Am The Code. And I'm so glad that you like the podcast. But season four is over. Yes, but season five is coming. I have got wonderful guests for you. I've invited really amazing people to come and share their wisdom with you. Really great. It has been a true honor to have all of those extraordinary people to come and share their life journeys with me. Really, you know, just talking about it is making me very emotional. They have been exceptional. They came and shared their life journeys, gave us wisdom. You know, the videos they made for the girls is being used right now. I really want to say thank you. If you're listening to this I Am The God podcast, thank you for your generosity and your kindness. You have been elevating humanity with us. That was our team, season four, Elevating Humanity. And I can promise you, each person that came to this podcast have 100% elevated me, elevated the girls. And I know with the feedback we've got, you have elevated people. So thank you. And talking about exceptional people, the person who will help me close this season four is Alison Stoner. She's lovely. You know, Alison is an American actress. She's a singer, a dancer, an activist. She's just really awesome. Alison and I met in a very unusual place, the North Pole. Yes, you heard me. A black woman in ice in North Pole. Absolutely. <laughs> we were both invited to join a group of 100 people, including us, for a four-day expedition designed to pay extreme attention to details. You know me, I'm OCD. I love details. But at that moment, no technology, no mobile phones, just us human beings can you imagine. It was a tough four days to be with those people on the boat, but I've learned so much. It was a trip of a lifetime, if you ask me. I never thought in my entire life that I will be making it to the Antarctica with these wonderful human beings, really. It was unbelievable. The scenery, the stuff I've seen, I can't even forget it. It can't go out of my brain. At one stage of the journey, However, on the boat, this big boat, plenty of people, Alison stood up, gave a speech that really touched my heart. She was vulnerable, powerful, full of love. We opened season four with Elevating Humanity with Paul Pullman, my dear friend. And we want to close it with Alison because she is really powerful. She has evolved as a human being. I've seen her grown so much from that trip and I wanted to invite her to come and help us share her journey. She's wise, she's beautiful and doing excellent work by opening her heart through play, through the arts and through gratitude. I have so much love for this woman, really do. And I'm really grateful that she has joined our podcast because she's remarkable and her remarkable healing story has taught me so much and I love watching her. I don't know what's going to happen as she moves forward, but I know that Alison will become a wonderful, wonderful 
human being to meet, to know, because she's not giving up. She is not giving up. This is the last time I'm going to say this for season four. Thank you so much, and I will see you on the other side. Alison, how are you? Where are you now? Hi, it's so wonderful to be here. I just moved for the 27th time in my 27 years, and I'm outside of Los Angeles, but still in California. And I'm starting a new chapter where I'm shifting, you know, things that I used to do in entertainment are now more, my energy is more focused on my mental health company. Mm -hmm. And it's a very special time to be in a new setting on my own, figuring out the day-to-days of life all over again. Wow. It's really beautiful, you know, but let me tell you why we invited you. We always say to our guests why we invited them. I wanted the world to know why you're here and why am I talking to you and why are you talking to me? And I remember you've done two things that you probably may not notice. You may not know you've done. I remember we got invited, very special occasion to go to Antarctica together. And it was a very special moment, but I was so scared to go because I didn't know many people. At one stage, they gathered us in the room to have a conversation. But I was seeing you going back and forth on the boat, but I didn't know who you were. One afternoon, we were talking about diversity, inclusion, how to include people. And I remember you standing up and just talking from your heart. Literally, everybody went quiet. You spoke so authentically, I was like, wow, who is this woman? And I I just felt in love with you from that moment. I said like this, I have to go and say hello to her (laughs) before we leave. And I think the second thing you've done that have really impressed me is the way you evolved. You have taken your time to understand who you are as a human being. You are beautiful, calm, you evolved, you're learning, but also you are not afraid to uh, be vulnerable. And I, I go on your Instagram often, I show it to the girls as well, how you have really taken your time to learn about yourself and to be who you are. So on behalf of I Am The Code, the girls, our queer community in Africa, I just want to say thank you for being who you are and thank you for coming on the I Am The Code podcast. Alison, thank you for being here and welcome to the I Am The Code podcast. Thank you so, so much. This means the world coming from you. I have so much respect for you. I feel humbled to be speaking with you. And it is so important that what you just named, the two things that stood out to you, I've never had anyone in any interview or professional setting focus on my humanity. It's always been the credits, the achievements, the projects. So I just want to say thank you because you're speaking to my core being and I I feel a sense of dignity as a real person. And so I really appreciate you. And I'm, I'm thrilled to be able to chat with you and, and the girls and, and everyone in the greater community. No, absolutely. Would you mind just telling them your name and what you do? Yes, my name is Allison Stoner, and I started working at six years old 
in entertainment. It wasn't necessarily my choice, although I did enjoy being creative. However, once we moved from across the country to Los Angeles, it almost felt like everything accelerated rapidly. And suddenly my days as a kid were spent training and performing and completing projects. And I wasn't really able to have a traditional school experience or social experience or even family experience. So my upbringing really centered on work. And with that came a variety of health complications. And I noticed that I was losing hair and I was under certain amounts of stress where my body would collapse. And I had some eating issues and a variety of health issues uh, that really were just responses to think to the amount of pressure that I, I didn't know how to handle. So even though on the outside, I am so, so, so grateful and there is so much fortune and privilege and power and wonderful experiences that have come along with working in the arts. It's also been the biggest opportunity for me to recognize my need to heal and to become whole and to feel resilient in my mind and body so that I can withstand what life is bringing to me on a daily basis. And through that, it's led me to start my company, Movement Genius, where we use somatic-based movement, which just means bringing awareness to the experience in your body as you're doing it. And it, it's designed to improve mental and emotional health. And the best part is that you don't need any equipment. You can just come as you are, whatever mood, whatever energy, start where you are and help yourself feel better through simple movements. Because fundamentally, if we don't feel like we can handle what's going on, that leads to a lot of challenges on top of the challenges we're already facing. So that's a little bit about my story through a slightly different lens, uh, because typically we just talk about the cool projects. But yeah. <laughs> I really, I really want you to know what was happening on the inside mm. um, during the journey. The girls who are listening to you right now, I think that's why I wanted to have you because I think what attracted me about you is your authenticity, but also learning to evolve as a human being. But you just mentioned where it started for you. But if you think about it now, how are you keeping this beauty, this strong? How long did it take for you to realize, actually, you know what? I'm going to take care of myself because the girls we have, they're going through so many challenging things, but can you share with them? Where do you start? Where's the starting point? Absolutely. And this is individual for everyone. And of course, my experiences are so, so different. However, at the core of it, for me, I realized that my actual life was on the line in many ways. So I reached different moments of crisis where I was in treatment medically. I needed to respond 
in a new way because what I was doing was sacrificing my health. And that meant not only that I couldn't be my best version in the world, but of course I couldn't show up for my loved ones and I couldn't fulfill my responsibilities. And when it comes to this sense of strength, for me, first I had to acknowledge that strength is often seen as this forceful power in terms of muscle and pushing and determination. And that's one picture of strength. Another picture is the ability to accept all of your parts, including your vulnerability when you're feeling fragile, including naming the messy parts of who you are. And instead of rejecting them or hiding them Mm -hmm. or judging them, actually allowing yourself to be curious about who you are, where those pieces of you came from. And I think my sense of strength is actually because I'm willing to lean in to the full spectrum of who I am. Now, it was pretty scary at first because I didn't want to admit a lot of the stuff I found. I at first wanted to pretend I'm just a good person all the time. Nothing bad, nothing wrong. I knew I was imperfect, but I thought, nah, I'll just focus on the good because that feels better. But the shadows, the shadows ended up still showing up in my life, whether that was how I related to people or how I felt about myself in terms of having goals and pursuing them or not pursuing them. That shadow part of me was still having a voice. I just wasn't listening to it. So it would show up in my health or it would show up, like I said, in my family dynamic or whatever that might be. So over time, I really just kind of went through this process of listening to the different thoughts and feelings and voices inside my body and my mind and recognizing, oh, those got there from a variety of sources. So it might've been from society. It might've been from culture. I might've heard that voice first from a friend or from media. And who I am right now is just sort of this mosaic of all those different voices. Now, how can I start learning about them, understanding them, and then committing to finding who my honest version of myself is underneath all those other voices. You start to see different voices like your inner critic, who always has an opinion if you do something wrong. For me, my inner critic came from my work because I would be punished or I wouldn't be able to get jobs if I didn't perform well enough. So I had this harsh voice, this critical voice. But what I needed to do was also invite a compassionate voice, almost like a mothering presence that I didn't really feel in my own life growing Mm -hmm. up just from my own personal story. Mm -hmm. And I want to name, I do have a relationship with my mom and she does love me. And so it's sometimes you still don't quite feel it or feel seen and heard and and known and understood. And so I learned about the inner critic. I learned also about 
the different trauma that I experienced in my family and in work, there was a lot of abuse and addiction. Mm -hmm. And so I was always in a hypervigilant state, right? So I was always, I was always up. I was always alert and ready to go. But that's what you good at though, Alison, when we were on the boat, you were so alert in emotions. That's why I loved you because I said, this woman, she knows exactly what she's doing. You can't fake it in front of her. And I love this about <laughs> you. Where did you get this being alert? Almost you had a PS radar. You could just feel if people were faking it and they were not being real. That's why I loved you. When I came to see you, I just realized, but also you understood that pain because when I shared my story, you understood that pain is at a different frequency, different level, right? Although mm-hmm. I've been through through so much in my life, you also have been through so much in your life. So you understood straight away where I was coming from. But can mm-hmm. you just share with the girls, how did you learn to become so alert? I know people like us who've been through trauma, abuse, and, and so much difficulty in our lives, we tend to have this understanding of who we are. When did you start learning about this? And that's a great point because the alertness for me started from that place of survival. It was a threat response. However, it can become a strength. It can become a skill that sets you apart and gives you a unique perspective because you end up considering a lot more factors in each situation and you do it almost automatically. Now, the goal, if it's available to you, is to be able to shift from this causing some sort of stress response in your body to just becoming the wideness of your awareness, where there's a sense of spaciousness in how you're able to read the room and see what's going on, but it doesn't necessarily cause the anxiety where you first learned the skill. Now, of course, in different situations, I do need to be far more guarded and careful still. And in others, I recognize, oh, I can actually take a deep breath here, but still keep my awareness and tune in to people in terms of what they're saying, as well as what they're not saying. And to listen the same way that I tried to learn about the voices in my own mind and body. How can I hear What story, what narrative is driving this person's life? If I were to ask, what's the question that they ask every day about life? And I could get to the core of what's driving them. I'm not only going to be able to understand them better and communicate with them better, but I'll also be able to tell, is this a safe person to trust at the moment? Is this a person I want to collaborate with or is this someone I'd like to kind of set a boundary with? And Mm. it's not necessarily to judge someone's personality, but just to go, oh, okay, Mm -hmm. this is the story that's driving you. And sometimes our stories are compatible and at other moments they're not. So for me, yeah, I think becoming aware of the other person is listening to what they say listening to what they don't say, and then observing their body language. And instead of assuming that one kind of gesture always means something for people, it's studying a person's baseline and getting Mm -hmm. to know who are they in a variety of settings. So then I can start to spot just like a parent might with 
checking in with a child that seems like they something's wrong, you start to notice, oh, something's off. What is that? And then I can check in if I have that relationship with them. No, absolutely. I love the fact that you almost have this wisdom now. When I listen to your content, first of all, congratulations on all the content you are putting out there, Alison. I mean, like, seriously? Oh, I just love it so much. But it's so authentic. And you just develop this sort of wisdom now. It's all there. It's all authentic. I look at it as like, Alison is doing amazingly well in really talking to us. You're not talking at us. You're talking Mm. to us, right? And I just love this about you. Do you do this mindfully, taking your time to take things out there? How do you, what do you want us to get out of your content, the one you're putting out there, which is so beautifully made? Mm. Well, my goal and my intention are for people to have tools to empower themselves and I recognize that I had access to therapy. I had access to mentors. I had access to education, but not everyone does. So how can we share the different tools that will help all of us feel safe, comfortable, and confident in our mind and body so that we can maneuver through life and we can manage whatever the day brings us. You know, for me, when it comes to inspiration or motivation, I didn't really relate with the people who were always optimistic and always positive because sometimes it felt like they weren't speaking to the fullness of what's real. And then on the other side, when I spoke to people who only focused on what was happening presently, sometimes I felt a lack of hope and a lack of vision for the future. And so for me on my own path, I wondered what is the middle way forward that we can really acknowledge what we're experiencing and give it the care that it needs in order to either heal or resolve or remove ourselves, whatever action needs to be taken but then also dare to open up to more possibilities than what our current life tells us is possible. And so in doing that, I just wanted to be able to listen to as many stories and as many wisdom teachers and sources as possible. And what I like to do with my content is make sure that if I'm just learning a lesson for the first time, I typically don't share it online. I really like to sit with it, apply it, practice it, and really embody it. Not just know it intellectually in my mind, but enact it in my daily decisions. And if I myself have experienced that transformation for a decent period, then I feel a little bit more comfortable sharing it. Because if I don't know it, and I'm preaching it, that is a huge problem. So I really learned from a teacher to teach with my life because at the end of the day, and you are such an incredible example of this, it's one thing when someone tells you or gives you advice, tells you something important. It's another when their entire presence confirms the truth of it or the promise of it. 
or the beauty of it. And you embody your mission. You embody your authenticity. And people like you are who inspired me to do the same. So my evolution is partially because of meeting you in our interactions and seeing Mm. on that trip how real and committed and all in you Mm. are. And I hadn't seen that in many other people, including on the boat, you know, and, and everyone's got their own journey. That's true. I remember. So I'm thankful for your position in my life because it's helping me be able to serve other people better. No, I felt in love with you so much. I just knew that we're going to meet one more time one day. And I was thinking the other day that as we try to have the queer community in Africa and my girls, they just want to be themselves. And I say, who is the best person to invite to talk to them in a voice that they can recognize, right? And like I said earlier, you understood that pain is not a geographical problem. It's like a global. We all go through different directions, but at the same time, we all feel this pain inside of us. But how do you move from pain to wisdom to beauty right now? And you could just say, you know what? I'm just going to sit down in my LA house. I don't care. But you are giving back to people and I'm learning so much from you. But let me ask you, you know, I'm a great fan of the queer community. They changed my life. I've got so many mentors and beautiful friends that I hang around with. And the fact that they are so real makes me happy and I want to be next Mm. to them. But at the same time, they are really facing challenges when it comes to mental health and emotional, physical health. That's why I love the work you're doing right now. I just, the other day I was saying, thank God that someone, someone is actually going to take care of these people without patronizing them, but actually sharing content. I was so happy you're doing this. But at the same time, I can see that you are really working on the wellness space and trying to address these issues. And I read this quote from you where you says, I really want to help people. I don't know much, but I want to help people. I love that your humility, the fact that you you want to support people. What can we do for these people? Why are we not helping them? Why are we not supporting them? Why do we need to take so long to listen to these people, express themselves, be who they are? And I want to thank you again for taking the time to wanting to take care of these people who we have really left behind. And if you want to just tell the girls, what is a queer community and how can they get involved and understand who they are? Yes, and this is a very big topic. There are a lot of layers. And of course, I'm only one human learning about it as I go. There are a couple different ways to define queerness. One simple way might be that you find yourself not quite identifying with being a straight person in terms of sexual orientation or for your gender identity you don't identify and relate with being a man or a woman. So you have an experience that is somewhere outside that binary. It could also mean the way that you express yourself in terms of body language and fashion that sometimes seems outside of the normal standards that have been you know, outlined in your particular culture for man or woman. So there are a lot of different elements to queerness and queer identities and experiences. For us in the States, we see 
a lot of uh, trans folks experiencing a lot of violence and physical um, and emotional and other forms of abuse and harassment and discrimination. And for queer folks here, a lot of times you are hiding core parts of who you are in terms of who you are attracted to or maybe your beliefs, um, because otherwise you might be removed from school or from work or from your religious community. So I know that there around the world is a bunch of different factors that affect the queer community. At the core, for me, I realized that I had internalized this belief that something was truly wrong with me, truly unnatural, truly rotten. And I had heard from people around me that I had, I'll, I'll spare you the details, but I, I was really afraid that everything about me was wrong. And in reality, what I really just wanted to know was my humanity is worth love. And interestingly, when I realized that I was attracted to other women, mm-hmm. At first, I wanted to judge myself in all kinds of ways. I thought, oh, this must be because I went through certain trauma with men or, oh, maybe I just admire her and I want to be like her. So that's why I am enamored with who she is. Or maybe it's because I'm in this creative culture and you know, we're blurring the lines and anything goes and I'm losing my moral compass and all of these things. And yet at the core, or you are like a copycat or you're trying to, you know, be like like everybody else. (laughs) And it's, you know, it's popular or it's a trend. Mm. I, I went through all of these things, mind you, with a therapist, with mentors, with loved ones, and really trying to process and undo and reverse it. Mm-hmm. And then one day I, I collapsed on my, my bed and I was, you know, in prayer. And I just said, oh my gosh, I have truly, I promise I have truly tried and tried and tried. If this is something I can't change, then I mm-hmm. guess I have to accept that of course. something is wrong with me. And in mm-hmm. that moment, what I expected was to feel so far away from faith, from love, from hope. Mm. And instead, I felt this almost, it's beyond words. The only word I have is supernatural. This Mm. this special, this kind of something surrounding me that felt like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be okay. And the starting point here to growing and to becoming who I am truthfully starts with this level of honesty and acceptance. And from then I didn't have the answers. I didn't really know what was ahead. I still was full of fear, but I felt at my core, there is a way forward. There's Mm. a way to understand love in a new way, to be a loving person to others in a more expansive way than I first learned growing up. So that's a little bit of my journey. So beautiful though, Alison. It is beautiful. Honestly, I love it. 
it's it's heavy. <laughs> and I, I want to be honest, I did lose relationships with friends, with different people in my life. And mm-hmm. and but but actually, this is one of the reasons that I realized I have to become an ally to myself. Yes. Because if I'm against myself and everyone around me is against me, then I'm certainly not going to make it. Absolutely. But if I can learn how to support myself, then it's possible also that some of these folks might be willing to listen and learn and understand. Some mm-hmm. won't, but some will. Yep. And I can meet new people and I can carve a new path. And I trust that whatever isn't true, if I'm pursuing truth, if I'm pursuing love, whatever isn't either of those will eventually fall away. So I just really focused on the core of love and truth. And it was a leap of faith in many ways. No, no. It's so amazing you said that because I can see, I personally can see the difference. And again, this is just for me loving you so much. I can see the difference between the Alison I met on the boat and Alison today. It is no, really, honestly, because I've seen you, right? So it's like, you know, when you see me evolving as a now I become a lady, Lady Mariam, you can see me. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, hello, how did I become a lady? I have no idea. I wanted to ask. I wanted to ask. It's just my work, you know, you know, I'm writing my book right now. I'm trying to find a publisher to help me. But but what I love about humanity is people who evolve. Because you and I have been, you know, people don't understand pain, Alison. That's why I have so much admiration for you. You're still young, but I know that when you arrive my age, 47 years old, you're going to be such a different person. But you evolved. The Alison I met on the board and the Alison today is just so beautiful. I want my girls to know who you are because this is how progress happens is when someone take control of their life and then say, I am going to make a difference for me. I'm going to show for myself. I'm also going to show up for other people. I love the fact that you are so defiant, but at the same time, you're not scared anymore. I love this. I can see it. You're not scared anymore. You're not scared, Mm. right? I love this. I just love it. You know, I'm saying all this to you because I notice, I see you. I really can see you feel so happy. The way you put your videos, your dance. I mean, I look at the dance, the movements. Like, wow, you know, she's actually Mm. practicing what she knows, right? Mm -hmm. So honestly, I really, I I just want to say this because it's important that people... I like telling the stories of other people. And my podcast is all about telling the truth. But the girls don't understand what evolution means, right? If you ask me who I was 30 years ago, I was a totally different person. I couldn't speak English. I come in this country. I have no idea what's going on. But now I know who I am. And I love telling the stories of people like you because so many people are struggling to even understand who they are. So seeing an evolution, from someone like you who is authentic, understanding who they are, not scared anymore, being beautiful, the dance you do. I just want my girls to be in a position of empowerment, content, fulfillment, and say, you know what? I can do it too, right? I can do it oh, too. Oh, yes. What do you think about that? Yes, I wholeheartedly believe that. And 
what you just said is so important that first we get to discover the story we've been telling. But as we kind of lay out all the pieces, we can decide whether we want to keep them, whether we want to maybe let go of certain ideas about ourselves in the world that really have not brought positive results and outcomes for ourselves and others. Or if we want to take a piece and say, okay, I don't want to get rid of you, but we do need to grow. We need to transform a bit here. And you can actually begin to write a new story, to live a different story. And sometimes, oftentimes in my observation, your physical reality may actually look the same for a bit. Your circumstances may not change, but you yourself inwardly are changing. And in a way, it's almost like you are the seed that is planted and you're holding a vision that maybe others can't see because they're above ground and you're doing your business underneath growing and getting ready to show this growth to everyone. So it can feel a bit lonely when you embark on this journey of getting to know yourself, but it truly is also so empowering because once you know the story you've told and you create some distance from it, then you truly can say, okay, what is in my power to change physically, mentally, emotionally, relationally? And for the things that are not in my power, how can I show up as a different version of myself to make it the most empowered experience possible? So it's it's almost kind of like treating it like a fun game or a challenge <laughs> and saying, okay, what, 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 how can I, how can I almost, this is where the defiance comes in. How can I be a little bit of a rebel with a cause? How can I spark a revolution inside my own being so that wherever I walk, people can tell just because of the growth I've experienced. Those are the people I, I look at in life, the leaders and the people who made a difference, whether we know their names or not, who I just go, wow, like that, that is true empowerment. Um, and when I think about power itself, oftentimes I used to think about either having power over or feeling like you were being overpowered. So it was either power over or power under. And what I want to explore is power with each other. So we are truly equally empowered and operating from that, that sense of choice and autonomy. But it is a journey and you can go at your own pace. There's no rush or pressure. This is an opportunity for you to experience a sense of liberation within, mm -hmm. no matter what is happening around you. And that's something I know you have masterfully just embodied. And it's like incredible to witness. And like I said, you know, you are a pillar for me in my life. Mm -hmm. So I know to keep going in that direction. Maybe one day I'll, <laughs> I'll have the title of lady as well. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll give you officially a title, Alison. <laughs> no, can I know how did you, how did you get that title and congratulations? Thank you. And I'm honored. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. So I discovered recently that my mother 
and my father come from an aristocrat family in Senegal. And so I'm writing my book wow. and I'm doing my research. And as you know, it's been very difficult to go back to the past and check where my parents yes. come from. And I realized that that's where I come from. Wow. It's really amazing. That's why I was going to ask you this other question where our stories have so many contradictions, but I think mine too. And I am really struggling to write my book. I nearly finished. I'm just looking for a publisher to help me publish it. But what are the steps do we need to take to tell our stories? Because the girls we have in Kakuma, they are going to be ladies. They're going to be people like Alison tomorrow. They are just like beautiful young women, but they're refugees, right? They are from the most deprived communities on earth, right? They, they, but they are beautiful. They're strong. They can speak well. Do you have any tips on how to tell your story in a very authentic way for people to actually listen to it? Because I think that will help them as well. Mm, well, I want to be, I want to be completely straightforward that of course we are in very different circumstances and not just life experiences, but also the context. So who is listening to your story? When are you telling it? For what reason are you telling it? I would say that the advice that I feel qualified to offer is when considering writing your story or making any point, know who's on the receiving end and meet them where they are. So even though you want someone to know exactly what you were feeling or to know exactly what happened, first, you have to establish some kind of connection. You have to meet the audience, we'll just call them the audience, where they are and either appeal to something that they can relate to or something that will catch their attention. So it's really almost like a, a communication trick because otherwise, sometimes people aren't as inclined to care about the stuff that's really meaningful to you. And what I found is that it can feel very, very hurtful when I want someone to listen and when I want someone to care and they just don't. So what I've learned now in storytelling is know who's listening to the story and find ways to bridge that gap between who you are and who they are so that you can create that bond. And then over time, I feel that if the trust is deepening, the connection is deepening, then you're able to truly share some of those more internal experiences. But just for your own sense of protection and well being, know that you don't have to list all of the best or worst things. You don't have to go into any detail that you don't feel safe and comfortable going into. And I think a tip that helps you know when you are safe to do that is by building that trust and meeting someone where they are. No, no, absolutely. I do tell them this because I know their stories are sometimes being told differently. One of the young women I met recently called Patience, she's disabled and really powerful young woman. She told me that being a refugee is not written on her back. And I was so amazed by that statement. And I asked her, why did you say she, she mm -hmm. said, you know, because I know when I grow up with I am the code, I'm going to become 
an amazing human being, which is really fascinating yes. for her to say that. You know, as a refugee, she's from South Sudan. She suffered a lot, you know, being in the camp by herself. It's just really, mm. really amazing. But let me ask you a couple of more interesting things that you've done that people may not know about. You have so much optimism. You know, you have an agency, a voice. I know you said that you are still working on it, right? But what can we do as per our conversation earlier? How do we keep positive? How do we make sure we show up and really look after ourselves? How do you do this? Mm, That's a great question, and I'm certainly still learning it. (laughs) My sense of positivity, I feel, comes from the idea that someone else within my position or in a similar position has proven others wrong before, has defied the odds, has found a way forward. And even if I can only imagine one person, that becomes a guiding light. So for me, when I was working in entertainment full time, there were a couple of people who found ways to either get out of entertainment, but not lose their ability to make money and support themselves or they found a way to be authentic in a room where it was really uncommon to be (laughs) real in any way. And just by seeing one example, I held on to that as my, my power, my fuel to go forward. Because if it has been done once, it means it can be done again. And I tried to remember that in their journeys, they didn't have to know everything at the first stage. They only needed to know and discover enough to take the next step forward. So when I think about where I am today and where I want to be, if I just try to leap there in one step, it's overwhelming, it's intimidating, it seems impossible. And in many ways, doing that leap would be impossible. The journey itself means breaking down the steps into smaller actions and decisions on a daily basis in private moments and public moments. Mm. And when I really just think about what is the smallest possible next step Mm. that I can take, that becomes manageable. And I think one reason it might help me stay positive is that I learned from a young age to not expect things to happen overnight. I really understood, for some reason, delayed gratification, almost to a fault. I had to learn how to allow some good mm-hmm. things as well, because I, I was banking on nothing good happening for a long, 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 long time. So creating some space to let those good things happen if they are happening, but also to trust that these small steps forward while I can't really feel the difference on a daily basis over time, when I look back, like you said, you can see I'm not who I was three years ago. And so um, I think those are some helpful ways of approaching it, knowing someone else has done this before. And second, that I don't need to know everything and I don't need to be an expert. All I need to do is take that next step. No, no, absolutely. Like I said, that's what I love about you because you are 
not only learning about yourself, but it, it, also the way you say it, Alison, is so eloquent, it's so beautiful, it's so natural, it's so real. I can listen to you until tomorrow. <laughs> it's really amazing, honestly. Thank you. I mean, that's because I've I've sat with myself so much <laughs> and I needed to understand, I needed words for mm. it. So the way I speak now is because I in silence mm -hmm. could not figure out what to say or how to say it for years and years and years and so years. So do you meditate then? I mean, all kinds of practices to help myself find the words journaling and, and whatnot. So if any of the words that I'm saying resonates with people, take them and make them your own because that's, that's so helpful when I hear other people phrase something and I'm like, oh, that's what I've been feeling. I just didn't know how to say it. Like, Please take it and use it and make it your own phrase. So beautiful. Genuinely impressive. Honestly, I mean, I don't know how you're feeling right now, but I'm blown away by what Alison has become. Really beautiful. Our conversation will continue in the next episode. Don't go away. You can listen to it by downloading part two. You have been listening to the I Am The Code podcast. I'm your host, Marie Mjam. I just love it when people evolve, make changes and develop themselves. It just makes me so happy. Honestly, it does. I want to wish you a lovely weekend. Have a lovely time with your family, your loved ones, whatever you're doing. Enjoy yourself and make sure you take care of yourself and apply self-care. If you like this content, please share it and subscribe to the I Am The Code podcast on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're everywhere. Please rate us and review our seasons. They've been amazing. Honestly, amazing. We count on you and count on your generosity. I want to thank you so much for listening and thank you for elevating humanity. I will see you next week.